Well, welcome everybody to Celebration Weekend. I can tell you, I look forward to this weekend every year because it is the final weekend of the year and how it kind of fell this year, we, it kind of split it. One last year, one this year. And, uh, but it's the final weekend of the year where we get a chance to look backwards on the year that we had and celebrate the Lord and all the great things he has done. And we also look forward a little bit into what the year is that lies ahead. And we also praise God in advance for what um, he is going to do. And just out of curiosity, how many of you, this is your very first celebration weekend with us ever? All right, well, welcome. Glad you could. This is a fun year. Uh, one of our elders last night, when we had this service last night, he reminded me, he said, Hey, Joe, it was this Sunday. Uh, this weekend, five years ago, that my wife and I first attended. This was the very first service we were ever here, and uh, we knew that night this is the church we wanted to be a part of. So if that's you, I hope you find yourself in the exact same position. Five years from now, you'll be an elder here at the church. You know, that's, that's the whole goal, right? All right. Anyway, uh, glad you could be here. So we're going we're gonna to celebrate today and, and uh, share some stories and look at some pictures. We're gonna, there's going to be a lot of things happening. Uh, but hey, before we get to any of that, let me just say a quick word about last weekend. How many of you were able to be here for one of our seven Christmas Eve candlelight services? Man, I want to commend our team. That was, uh, they did a great job. We had two services on Friday. We had four on Saturday and one on, on Sunday morning. And, um, and I'll tell you, it was, it was, it was really awesome. Um, there was about 1,300 people that came through our doors over those seven services. And um, just beautiful pictures. From that. I just, it was just wonderful all around. But were any of you here at the 330 service? All right, a few of you. That, that, so the, the nervous laughter, it, let me tell you what that's about. So at 3.30, our 3.30 service, um, the countdown video is like five, four, three. John comes out with the team, and he's about to hit that first chord on the guitar. And right as he's about to, all the fire alarms go off in the whole church. And it was loud. I always wondered what they sounded like. They were loud. And, and it went on for like five minutes and they wouldn't shut off. I was standing in the back room going, what is going on? And so I ran out into the atrium to find that the light fixture outside this main entrance was pouring down like a waterfall of water, just, just pouring into the, into, the, into the atrium there. And I'm like, oh no. And uh, like, what, what's going on? And so what happened is we had a pipe freeze and break right there and it let loose right at 3.30. And uh, you know what I found awfully ironic? is that the fire alarms went off, and you know what our people did? Nothing, they just sat there. <laughs> Don't you people hear the alarm? People are like, is this part of the service? What, what, what is this? So, I don't think we have any first responders in our church anywhere. But anyway, there was no fire, and um, I'll tell you, I commend our team. Our, our sound booth flooded, it like went right through the wall and flooded the sound booth all the power shut off. And um, so after about five minutes, the alarm stopped sounding and then it took a little bit of time to, to restore the power. I wanna commend John and Chris and our whole team because they were like. <laughs> you, you see one aspect of what they do. The, the 330 crowd last week saw another aspect of what they do. And they just were on it. And you know, uh, the fire department, rolled in heavy with four trucks right through our park. And they came, fire department was here. And I'm like, well, the Lord, they need to be saved. Bring them in. Let's say, you know, I, I don't really know. But it was a very memorable Christmas Eve service. That was one of our seven. And then about 20 minutes later, the power was restored and it just went off like clockwork and everybody acted like nothing happened. It was really awesome. Um, what really blew me away 
was Sunday morning. This is a full house just like this on Christmas morning here. And that's awesome. And I love it when things go against cultural norms. When culture says, stay home. And we're like, no, we're going to church. I can't think of a better Sunday of the whole year to be at church than when we celebrate Christ's birthday. It it was awesome. It was really awesome. So God is good. And I think it's really good, and I hope you agree, for us to take some time as a church family, celebrate what God is doing. It is a good thing to look to our Heavenly Father with just a little bit of awe in our expression and just a little bit of awe in our eyes and wonder and amazement to turn our eyes toward heaven and proclaim that God is great and look at all the wonderful things God has done. It's a good thing for the church to do that. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter three, first couple of verses, you might be familiar with what it says. I I think of this moment kind of like this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A few verses later, it says this, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And it is true, friends, there is a time and a season for everything. And I believe this is a time and this is a season to celebrate and to reflect on God's goodness, God's provisions, um, how he has changed lives and all that he does, all that he has done. And I, I want there to be no mistake here about anything that we're doing. God gets all the glory, all right? That's it. Not us, not us. And every one of us should be very quick to reflect that attention back to him and to be very quick to say, look what God is doing. That is the answer uh, for us on everything. Look what God is doing. And I hope and pray here at New Life Christian Church that we always have that kind of response. I hope we always have what I would call a Psalm 118 mentality towards God. The 118th Psalm is a Psalm about the Lord's deliverance. And when he delivered, there was an eruption of praise that followed. And this psalm records that deliverance and that eruption of praise. It says in verse 14, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand has lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And then a few verses later, verse 23, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So friends, know this today. It is a good thing to celebrate what the Lord has done. And as I look back over the year that we just had, it is not difficult to look back and to say things like this, the Lord has done this, or to say, let us rejoice, or to say, shouts of joy to the Lord, just like the psalmist did, or let victory resound in this place for the Lord. I look around and I am reminded that the Lord has done mighty things. So I don't want anybody to put, I don't want to put anybody on the spot here today, maybe a little, but not much. But if you can think of at least one thing that the Lord has done in your life over the past year, whether that be an answered prayer, um, or maybe God opened the door for you or even closed the door, or a time when God made a provision, 
or he worked something out on your behalf, or he touched your heart in some way, or opened your eyes, healed you in some way, spoke through you, or guided you. If there's anything like that, if the Lord has, has done anything like that in your life over the last year, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? Praise God. The Lord is active and alive and working in our church family. That is awesome. Let me give you another challenge. Let me kind of put you on the spot again. Before you go home today, let me encourage you to share that one thing. Whatever came to your mind as I was prompting you, whatever that one thing is, find somebody in this room before you leave this building to share that one thing with. This is that thing that the Lord has done in my life this year. And when you share that, two things are gonna happen. First of all, you will become an encourager. There is somebody in this room today that needs to hear your story of what God has done. How many of you today needed to hear Brian talk about his family and baptize them all, all right? How, who needed that? Who needed that? Aren't you encouraged by that? Aren't you encouraged to baptize your whole family? Somebody hunt him down after church and say, tell me that story. Share your story. And then something else is gonna happen. So not only will you be an encourager, you will be one who is encouraged because talking about the good things the Lord has done, it always brings encouragement and joy back to your heart. It's just how it works. So this is the day the Lord has made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. And we gather today to do just that. And to kind of kick us off, um, I'd like for us to watch a short video that just kind of recaps our year. And you're gonna see a lot of pictures. You're gonna see a lot of activities that happen in the church. You might even see a picture of yourself. So let's celebrate the Lord by looking backwards over the last 12 months.
That's awesome. As I look back, at, I could pick out all the different events, and uh, I had no idea. I didn't watch that till last night's service, and I didn't know they included a video of me dunking in there. It's amazing what a 46-year-old man can do on a seven-foot-tall goal, you know? <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun. Hey, um, we're going to watch another video uh, before we're done here today. That video is going to be a little bit different. Um, that's going to be a video that will celebrate the 76 baptisms that happened um, this past year. And, and that, that is awesome. People have made a decision to follow Christ and get baptized. I can tell you that a prayer that has been something we have prayed for many years has been that our baptistry waters would be stirred at least once a week. And you probably, we prayed that together as a church. And um, I'm really happy to tell you that in 2022, um, God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. So that's awesome. That is awesome. You know, we prayed at the beginning of every year, and as, as the year went on, and, and people were coming to Christ and being baptized, and, and, um, and it dawned on us going, hey, somewhere this fall, hey, we passed 52 people this year, and we're like, God answered, we celebrated that as a staff, God answered that prayer. 52 would have been once a week, but here's 76. God is good, and we give him praise for that. Honestly, I can't think of anything else that would be greater to celebrate than life change. Somebody who comes to faith in our risen Savior and chooses to follow him wholeheartedly for the rest of their life. That is major life change. And we celebrate all that kind of life change that has happened in our family this year. We also celebrate other kinds of life change. We celebrate every person who has grown closer to the Lord in the last 12 months. We celebrate that as well. Um, if you can say today, if you're here, and you can say that I am enjoying a closer walk with Jesus today than I was a year ago, then praise God, we should celebrate that for sure. I, I love how Peter ends his second letter to the church in the New Testament. He was talking to the church in that letter about the second coming of Jesus. He was talking about the end of time and what it will be like. He was talking about false teachers and those who want to distort the truth of, of, the, of God's word. And he ends with this, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. He said, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Verse 18, but instead do this. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be uh, glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter said, as a church, your job is to grow. To grow. Grow in what? Grow in the grace. Grow what else? In the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the word of God's charge to every single one of us. The Apostle Paul said something very similar in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. He was greeting the Christians who were living in Colossae with this letter, and he starts out and he, he greets them and he says this in verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a, worthy, a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. And what's that end? Growing in the knowledge of God. So we are all challenged with this, church. We are challenged to grow this way. It was never the Lord's intention for you to say, I believe in Jesus and get baptized, and then just sit in a church service every week for the rest of your life and do nothing. That was never his intention. Now, coming to faith in the Lord 
It is the starting line. That's the starting line. And it's then we cross that starting line and we begin to live a life worthy of the Lord and worthy to the calling. And we live a life that aims to please him in every way. And we begin to bear good fruit from good work. And then our knowledge of God and our understanding, we grow from that point and become more mature. That's how it's supposed to work. And that, my friends, is what we most certainly celebrate today. We celebrate those who came to faith in Jesus Christ this year and we celebrate all of those who grew in their walk with the Lord, grew in their knowledge of God this year. So let me ask you a question. If you came to faith in Jesus Christ this year, or you can say, I have grown in my walk with Christ, I have grown in the knowledge of God's word, then I invite you to raise your hand and let that be known this year. Praise God, God is alive, he's working in our lives. We celebrate this as a church and we celebrate him. Our mission as a church, and we spent some time with this um, earlier this year, our mission is this, we exist to lead all people to new life in Christ. That is our mission. That is why we are here. And friends, that should be at the top of all of our celebration. Now beyond that, I can tell you there is much to celebrate in our church. The Lord has done a great work throughout our church family this year. I have been amazed as I have watched the Lord work in people's lives and work through our ministries, and quite frankly, all glory goes to God for this, and how he just continues to prosper, and it seems like his favor is resting on our church family. I'm very grateful for that, and I think you should be as too. But you know, I could stand up here for hours, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm not going to. I could stand up here four hours, and I can detail all the wonderful things that we've witnessed God do this year. I could give you a rundown of every one of our ministries. I could tell you about the great things happening in men's ministry this year, and some great things happening. I'll tell you about the great things happening in women's ministry, and there is some really wonderful things happening there. Um, and, and if you're not involved with either of those ministries, then make it a goal of yours, a priority. In 2023, I'm going to plug in with the men of our church. I'm going to plug in with the women of our church. We, you need to do that. And there are some amazing things happening, and if I took the time, I could tell you all about it. I've been, I've been uh, very thankful for the wonderful things happening in our New Life students. They've had a big year, great year. Kids have come to know faith in Christ and relationships have built. Pray for Taylor Duke all the time. Pray for our leaders. Pray for what's happening in our students. We gotta win them young, friends. We gotta win them young. If your kids aren't involved in student ministry, get them involved. I could tell you about great things. I could tell you about the cool things happening in our New Life kids. Pray for Sarah Q. Pray for her leadership. Pray for what's happening there. I, I could detail it all. I could tell you about our VBS and our trunk retreat. I could tell you about our weekly stuff happening downstairs. I could tell you about it all. I could tell you about our life group ministries and how we're seeing more people participate in that than we've ever seen in the history of our church. Pray for Pastor Cody as he leads that. I could tell you about our prime timers and all the great things that are, are happening there and the, the good work that's happening. Pray for Chris and others as they lead that ministry. I could tell you about awesome stuff happening in our Celebrate Recovery. I could tell you about our worship ministry. I could tell you about missions, rise. I mean, I could give you the rundown of the whole thing. But just know this today, friends. There is much to celebrate God for in the work that happens in our church family. It's been a really good year in that endeavor. On top of that, maybe the icing on the cake, per se, is in 2022 we got to see the culmination of many years of planning, 
many years worth of praying, uh, many years worth of sacrificing all come together when we broke ground on the West Campus. This moment right here is a very special moment that I will remember for a long time. Um, we have been, for those of you that may not be aware, um, the Lord has blessed us over the last couple of years with a nice piece of property out on the west side of our community. And uh, we started construction on a second campus. We are moving towards becoming one church meeting in multiple locations. It will be a multi-site church. And we got to break ground. This picture behind me, many of you have seen before. These are all um, elders in our church, either current elders or previous elders. These are elders over the last few years that have been working on, they had their hand on this uh, new building that, uh, that we are building as a church family. Many of you are, are well aware of what's happening out there. This was a special moment. This was a moment of where we're like, look what God is doing. It's not us, it is him. And it's been a real joy these past few months to watch that whole property transition. It doesn't look like that anymore. And to see that building start to get built and the great things that are, are happening out there. I wanna show you a couple pictures because you may not be aware of it. This next picture, uh, if you can click over to the next one. How many of you seen this picture before? Have you seen that floating around social media a little bit? Um, we made a video about this. Let me just stand off to the side and kind of tell you what this is. This is a, uh, a, 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 a piece of metal that has individual pieces of stained glass on it. A few years ago, we did some remodeling and had to uh, remove some of the stained glass out um, in our building. And um, one of our uh, founding members, her name's Jackie, she passed away last year. And uh, back a few years ago, that was presented to her as a keepsake as someone who was here on day one when this church was built. When she passed away, her family wasn't sure what to do with this, so they gave it back to the church. And we thought, well, it needs to be back here. Well, we need to figure out what we're going to do with this, a little kind of piece of the church's history. So we thought about it, and, um, and then it dawned on us. Um, what you see behind me is a trench. It's actually a footing that was dug for the building, and there's rhubarb in there. They're, they're getting ready to pour concrete, and that's when it hit us. You know what needs to go in the foundation of our building? A piece of our past. Uh, a piece that will connect these two campuses together forever. And so the little baggie that's zip tied to it is actually scripture cards. We wrote a bunch of scripture on there uh, that talk about Christ being our firm foundation and being built on the solid rock and all of that. And we, we wired that there and, and then they poured concrete over. We were there, we filmed the whole thing and this video is online, you can see it. And um, this was a special moment too because we want it to be known from this point forward forever that, that we're together in this, we're unified. And that there is a piece of the original building in the foundation of the new building that will connect us forever. And the location of this was very strategic. This part of the footing is right at the main entrance of the building. So as you walk into the new building, you are walking right over this piece of history and this scripture. You are crossing the threshold that has the word of God in its foundation every time you come to worship. And it's a really awesome, awesome thing. And, and that was a really special moment. Let, let me share with you another special moment that happened this year. How many of you have seen this picture over here? Are you familiar with this picture? There's also a video of this. And I don't see very many hands, so you're not informed. What's going on? Are you not paying attention? No, I'm kidding. The good-looking guy in the middle is me. Um, no. 
But this picture was taken about 4.30 in the morning. And they were pouring the foundation. I had no idea that you could pour concrete at 4.30 in the morning. I didn't think anything happened at 4.30 in the morning. But they start early. And Nick, who is our site supervisor out on the construction site, um, he met me out there. And, and he helped me pinpoint the exact location where the, the front of the stage is going to go. So this is the foundation. And we placed a Bible. I think I grabbed the Bible from one of these chairs over here. And it actually said Bella Vista Christian Church Bible. It's, it's got a few of those left over. And we found and pinpointed the exact spot. So it'd be the equivalent to this spot right here in our building. And we put that Bible in the foundation and we poured, they poured the foundation because we wanted it to be known. We want to symbolize that when the preaching of God's word happens in any of our churches or in that building out there, the pulpit is gonna be placed right on top of that Bible and we will never preach where we are not standing on God's word every time. And that's what that is symbolic of right there. So friends, I want you to know something today. We will never depart from that, ever. And I know in my heart, and I know you know it too, as long as we are standing firmly on God's word, then there is nothing that the world will come against us with. The enemy, the spiritual forces of the evil one will not prevail. So we will always be standing on God's word. It's gonna be a biblical church. And um, that was a special moment. Let me show you one more picture. Um, this is a picture that I took a little bit ago. We've had different groups go out and, and write scripture on beams. And we're going to do more of that, by the way. Some of you have asked. But so when they poured the foundation, um, we had a, a group, I believe it was one of our women's groups, went over there and they wrote a lot of scripture with marker on the floor. And, and you can still see that when you go out there. And then somebody wrote, we started to write on all the beams, the support beams. And somebody wrote this, don't know who, maybe you're in the room, I don't know. But they wrote Psalm 100, verse 4 through 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I want you to know that when you are walking through the halls of that building, you are walking on and surrounded by the word of God because we want it to be known. This church from this point forward forever, is going to be rooted in Scripture. And we will not depart from it ever. Friends, God is doing a good work in our church. And we have so much to celebrate this past year. Um, and I hope that you are in agreement that it all happens because of Him, His blessings. And we are simply stewards of that blessing in this season, in this time. And we are building something that will outlast all of us, Lord willing. Here's how I think about what we are doing as a church family. That this is a great investment into something that will still be producing disciples long after every last one of us is gone from this earth and in heaven with Jesus. What's being left behind is something we're greatly investing in 
that will keep producing disciples. Most of the people who were instrumental in starting New Life Christian Church 48 years ago, most of them now are in heaven at this moment. But what is their sacrifice still doing? What is their prayer still producing? What is their faithful response to the Lord and their steps of faith? What is that still producing? Friends, their actions nearly half a century ago is still producing disciples. If it wasn't for their step of faith, this small group of people who nearly 50 years ago said, Lord, here I am, send me. If it wasn't for them, would we see 76 baptisms in the last year? Probably not. So friends, we're making an investment into something that will outlast all of us. And as long as we are Bible-believing, Christ-centered Christians, it will outlast all of us, should the Lord take his time in returning. You know, I'm very happy that all the kids are in here with us today. And you know what? You guys are being so good. You're being so quiet. You either have lots of things to munch on, because I know I'm not keeping your attention. I promise you that. But you know what? All of our kids are in here. Can we give our kids a big round of applause? We're so glad you're here. I might be putting them to sleep too, not sure. But you know, the kids that are in here with us today that would normally be downstairs at this moment, they may not connect the dots on everything that we're talking about today. They may not make all these connections like we are, but I hope they remember some of these pictures. I, I hope they remember the, the video of our recap. I hope they remember the video that we're about to show, show. I hope that they know instinctively and that the Lord will implant upon their little memories from this point forward that they too are a part of something that is bigger than all of us, something that will outlast all of us. And if we remain faithful and strong on this unshakable foundation of being Christ-centered and Bible-believing, it will outlast them too. We're investing in something that your great-great-grandchildren may be coming to faith in. I mean, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Doesn't Jesus have a way of simply putting things straightforward in an understandable way? Bible-believing, Christ-centered followers of Jesus have their foundation on the rock. And that foundation, that rock, is Jesus. And if what we build here remains on the rock, then we'll be producing disciples long after we are enjoying our reward in heaven. It's been a great year, my friends. And now as we look forward to the year to come, I believe that 2023 is going to be a life-changing year for our church family. I believe with all my heart that 2023 is gonna be the year that we look back on and go, wow, that was a year. That, that was a pivotal year. I'm gonna tell you it's gonna be a significant year of transition. Um, as the West Campus gets completed, and Lord willing, uh, it's gonna be sometime this summer, 
and we will open that new campus in September. That's our hope. That's our plan. Um, we're not putting that in stone right now because we got a lot of months till then, and you know how things go with building projects. But that's our hope. That's our goal. But it should be completed this year, and we will make this transition into a multi-site church. One church meeting in two locations. And that will be, my friends, a brand new day for our church family. A new day that will bring all kinds of new opportunities, many of which I'm convinced we have not even realized as of yet. Here's how I describe it. These are the words that I put on it. That God is broadening our wingspan as a church family. That's what he's doing. He's broadening our wingspan, which means we can fly a little higher, we can fly a little longer, and we can fly a little farther. And I believe that God is, is, is broadening our reach into northwest Arkansas and further than that. So this transition that we are going to be making this year in 2023, um, we aim to make that transition as seamlessly as possible. I mean, with an endeavor like that, as, seemly, as seamlessly as possible. Um, as we get closer, I can tell you, we will communicate with you very well. And we will communicate with you in a very timely fashion. What, um, what would be a failure on our part is if there were any surprises throughout this whole process. So I don't want to surprise anybody. I don't want anybody to go, I didn't know that. And so we will keep you informed. And we will um, work hard at, at that as we get closer. But I will tell you this, if at any point you don't feel like you're in the know, if at any point you don't feel like you are informed, I want you to know you can pick up the phone and you can call me. And I will gladly transfer that call, all right? So no, no, I'm, 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 no, not in all seriousness, I'm kidding. If at any point you don't feel like you're informed, please, in all seriousness, pick up the phone and call me. And I'll gladly share with you everything I've got, everything that I know how to share with you. I will, I will try. My goal and our goal is we want you to be informed and we want this to be a seamless transition into multi-site. So with that, let me just challenge you to make this new endeavor a daily, a daily matter of prayer. We are in the process right now of organizing ourselves. We are continually doing that. Um, to put ourselves in what I would call a multi-site position or a multi-site posture. Organizationally, there's some things that are gonna shift around a little bit to make that happen. Um, we will see the addition of several new staff members in 2023. So our team is gonna get a little bit larger and that's gonna be necessary to pull off this transition and to, to lead and operate correctly um, one church meeting in multiple locations. So please be praying about that as well, that God sends the right people for this endeavor. And also be praying about something else. Pray about yourself and how God might use you in 2023 as we move towards multi-site ministry. God may also be preparing you in ways that you don't see yet yourself. He may, about to raise, he may be about to raise you up to lead and serve in this church, in this, among this church family, in ways that you never saw yourself before 
and in ways that you never dreamed of before. I've been very clear, it's going to take all of us to make this work, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if there isn't some kind of massive, God-driven, and very positive, I might add, shake-up about to happen in your life that you never saw coming just a few years ago. I predict that there's a few of you that a few years from now are going to look back on 2023 and your story starts like this. Boy, if you'd have told me back in 2023 that I'd be doing this today, I'd have laughed at your face. I'm not being a prophet here. I'm just speaking truthfully and honestly and openly. I think God's going to raise some of you up in this room to lead in ways you never thought. And it could mean a career change for some of you. And it could be doing things that you never even dreamed you, that God would have you do. And I'm asking you to pray about it. And I'm asking you to be open to the Lord's leading. And if he calls you, take that step of faith. Because you're making an investment into something that will outlast you. And will outlast your kids. And will outlast your grandkids. So be open to that. I can tell you 2023 is going to be a great adventure. So here's my last words to you. Be on your knees in prayer. And buckle up, because it's going to be quite a ride this year. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Now to him, and the him is God, by the way. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. It's a very straightforward verse. God can do more than us. God can think bigger and dream bigger than we can. That's what this verse is saying. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power... That is at work within us. It's not our power. It's his power. He's doing this. He's work at work within us. Now, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. This is just our generation. We're caretakers. We're stewards of God's blessing. Throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, oh Lord, we just ask for your blessing over this year. And Lord, you've blessed our church family immensely. And Lord, I know like Pastor David was saying a few moments ago, 2022 has been a challenging, hard year for others of us too. But Lord, this is a new day. This is a new year. And Lord, we believe in faith that the best years of our church family are still out in front of us. That Lord, the greatest harvest is still yet to come. And so Lord, we've tried to be faithful. We've tried to walk humbly with you. And Lord, you have stayed with us every step of the way. Lord, you have gone before us many times. You have made our path straight. Lord, you've plowed the road. Lord, you've shined the spotlight. You've pointed, Lord, we felt your guidance and sensed the Holy Spirit's lead on this journey. And Lord, we pray that that never changes. So Lord, as we are about to embark on a very major transition as a church family, oh Lord, I pray you protect our flock. That Lord, it's in seasons of transition and change that the enemy likes to wiggle in and mess things up. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we refute that. And we rebuke him. 
And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we say that he has no place among us. He is not a part of our family and he is not welcome here. So Lord, we ask for your protection. We pray, Lord, for continued unity and love throughout our church family. And Lord, as the day gets closer to this transition, Lord, we do pray you help us make it as seamlessly as possible and that, Lord, you would get all the glory for it. So, Lord, we give you praise, and most importantly, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, without that great sacrifice, we would have no reason to sing today, no reason to hope for anything. So, Lord, we give you thanks, and we praise you for your death on the cross, Lord, and we will sing forever about your resurrection and look forward always to your coming again. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen.